Keith Chen, the second son of a traditional Taiwanese family of seven, runs away from the oppression of his village to Berlin in the hopes of finding acceptance as a young gay man. This novel begins a decade later when Chen has just been released from prison for killing his boyfriend. He's about to return to his family's village, a poor and desolate place, with his parents gone, his sisters married, mad or dead. There is nothing left for him there. As the story unfurls, we learn that what tore this family apart, and more importantly, the truth behind the murder of Chen's boyfriend. Welcome to Treat Yourself, a book club podcast where every month we come together and read a different book and then come here to talk about it. This month we're reading Ghost Town by Kevin Chen. I'm Christina. I'm Hannah. And Hannah, this book I chose this month. You did choose. So what did you think about it? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um... (laughs) I'm, like, not sure what to think about it, because it's not at all what I thought it was going to be. Okay. I uh, um, I think it helps that we changed our recording schedule, so I took a break from reading it, and I think that mm-hmm. actually made me like the book more, having okay. to have that break in between, because mm-hmm. this book deals with a lot of dark things. And and it's it's a tough read, and I think it just helps to do it a little bit slower, maybe. Maybe Mm -hmm. not try and do it all at once. So, I mean, I will just go through content warnings, but I'm sure I'm missing some. Oh my gosh, yeah. I would say homophobia, suicide, self-harm, child abuse, domestic abuse, uh, pedophilia, cancer, loss of a parent, sexual assault, uh, intergenerational trauma, and I'm sure there's more. Animal abuse. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. The only time I cried in the novel. (laughs) So, I don't know, and I think this is why not reading the description is probably a good thing because reading the description you really think the focus is going to be on just the one character but it's Mm -hmm. not i mean it is a series of vignettes of his entire family Mm -hmm. and sometimes even people outside of his family and it's just not at all what the description i mean it kind of is but like that's not the central central Mm -hmm. thing i mean it's one of the mysteries of the book is that description and that like trying to figure out what happened to his partner uh that he ended up killing like why did that occur Mm -hmm. but i don't know it just really is focusing on all of the trauma this one family has been through and it's a lot (laughs) yeah so much trauma um so i guess first off i just want to say i picked this book from a list mm-hmm. it's the uh pen america 2023 literary award long list list mm-hmm. <laughs> long list <laughs> um and this is the pen gene stein book award so i kind of picked it well, first of all 
because of the cover. And then, like, I read a little bit of the synopsis. Mm-hmm. But that's how that book came to my attention. And, yeah, I kind of feel the same. It was a lot. Uh, yeah. I do, I do love a good family drama. This is definitely a family drama. Mm-hmm. I did like the little vignettes. And I liked that this book made me feel a lot of things. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Christina felt feelings? I felt feelings. <laughs> uh, disgust among yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think we should just get into the spoiler-filled discussion. I think so. Yeah. Um, so if you have not read this book yet, either turn off this podcast now and read the book, come back and listen later, or be spoiled, whichever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this book follows uh, Keith Chen, mm-hmm. uh, who is from the village of Yongjing. Mm-hmm. And in taiwan and he is the youngest of seven children five girls and then the two boys were last Mm -hmm. and yeah it's about everything that family goes through (laughs) every single thing like i think it took me about three quarters of the novel to realize just how much time had passed in Mm -hmm. between like all these stories Mm -hmm. um you know, I was still thinking that they're young and like when all this is happening, but no, they're like in their fifties mm-hmm. and sixties. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like I really loved the things that were happening in the present and mm-hmm. I loved seeing how excited everybody was that Keith had come home, that um they were all getting to have their get together. I wanted more of Sam. I wanted mm-hmm. Sam to be around more than he was. I was really hoping we would have some kind of like hopeful ending with yeah. Sam and Keith. <laughs> Just like something to bring up the mood a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and yeah, I just, I don't know, I would have, I liked all of the vignettes and I liked seeing everything that was happening in the past and piecing it together, but I did kind of want just a little more happiness in the present. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was very little what they gave you from the present. Mm-hmm. And the ending was very abrupt. There was no, like, hopeful ending there. <laughs> yeah, not even a hopeful end. It was a very, like... What's the way to phrase it? Not like supernatural ending, but like it's not a it's not a realistic ending, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh and Yeah. Which aren't always my favorite endings in books. I I don't mm. I kind of want a more realistic ending to the book, but I don't know. It was very intriguing. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I don't know, we it was talk very about abrupt. It later in detail. Yeah. Keith's sisters, he has five sisters, all their names start with B's, except for the youngest. Okay, hold on. Did the end of your book have the translator's notes? And did you read oh, them? Oh, okay. I did and I didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did it say? So this is something that I wanted to bring up because I thought it was an interesting choice. The translator specifically talked about how they decided against romanizing the names and it, like writing them out so that we could just read them and then have like some kind of footnote explaining what the names meant and then they just mm-hmm. they just 
chose names. And so they, for like the father, Cliff, I forget what it said. His name might have meant mountain or or something like that. So she was like, let me switch it to Cliff because that Uh. gives the same feeling. And I was like, I don't think it does give the same feeling. And yes, the mom, her name meant cicada, but... And so the uh, the translator did just completely switch it to Cicada. But what mm-hmm. you also find out in the translator's notes is that the mom and dad's names basically rhyme. Like, they're very close in how oh, they're written, cute. which is really interesting. Uh-huh. And yeah. Cliff and Cicada are not, <laughs> are not close. And no. um, similar, it did sound like all of the girls, except for the final one, followed a naming pattern, too. Uh, and so mm-hmm. then the translator just decided let's use bees and have everybody start with a b and follow that and i'm just i'm not sure how i feel about that i feel like the translator could have easily romanized the names and just put in footnotes or a note at the back explaining what the names mean because when i see cliff i don't again i don't remember what the direct translation was it did have something to do with like rocky like a mountain something like that Mm -hmm. but i'm like I don't know. I just see Cliff as a name. I don't associate it with a Cliff. And maybe yeah. that's on me, but like I associate <laughs> it with like Clifford. A frat <laughs> like a, a rich frat dude. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, I actually was really thrown off by the names. And now that I hear that I should have read the translator's note, but I didn't have time. Mm. Cause the translator kind of changed like, he had his hand in the story, I think, more than I think he should have. Mm-hmm. So I feel like names are super important. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the names really took me out of it, kind of. Because mm-hmm. I was like, these are strange yeah. names. And then it also threw me off just because the description on Goodreads has a different name for Keith. And I assume that yes! must be the Romanized name. And it never came yes. up in this translation. So I just, I don't know. I I get I get what the translator was trying to do because they spoke about the importance of names and how names can have symbolism mm-hmm. and all of that. But I do think, again, with a cliff note or something, like, you could have a footnote, like, you could have yeah. explained it and mm-hmm. trusted your readers to put it together and figure it out. But... yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel kind of meh about that choice by the translator. I mean, I do think yeah. this book is beautifully written, and I mm-hmm. I do think a lot of that comes across in the translation. I mean, um, yeah. there are so many quotations that I wrote down that I just really, really liked and thought were really poignant and beautiful mm-hmm. um, and disturbing and <laughs> disgusting and, yes. and upsetting and and just all of those things. But I don't know, mm-hmm. just the names and switching the names just felt a bit weird to yeah. me. Yeah. The names really gets me because I did actually make a note that I really liked in the translation. Um there's a line where they're talking about a for sale sign on a balcony mm. and how uh like the top half of the second character had fallen off leaving a yawning mouth mm. and I liked how they kept like all the visual images in there of the characters mm-hmm. and I don't know, but I guess that's the author mainly writing that. Right. But that disappoints me about the names. Yeah. Also, because if they weren't all B names originally or, you know, something equivalent, mm-hmm. 
like it made it really hard to keep track of who was I who. could not <laughs> distinguish like I mean only Barbie but that's because she's locked up in her house like that's yeah. the only one that I felt positive I knew exactly what was going on with yes. like the other three that we see uh I I I was interchanging them all the time Betty Belinda Beverly yeah <laughs> like yes i i i did not do a good job of of keeping them distinguished <laughs> yeah i started at the beginning of every chapter writing who it was mm. um because i knew otherwise i'd get all their storylines tangled up yeah and i mean they go through similar things i mean a lot of them are dealing with abuse of some sort and yeah just rough lives i just yeah yeah I really did like though all of the all of the superstition mm, mm-hmm. and like all the ghosts yeah. and <laughs> the mom reminded me of my grandma because <laughs> my grandma when I was little always be like you can't go over there the ghosts will grab your ankles and drag you into the ground and like <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> oh yeah when they're like you can't learn how to swim uh keith <laughs> because the ghosts in the water will get you <laughs> the, yes the water ghosts. <laughs> yeah i i was like this was my childhood <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah i i did like the tie of all of these vignettes being connected to either the people in them being ghosts or being influenced mm-hmm. by ghosts or, you know, the ghost festival that was being celebrated. I, I did think that was a yeah. very interesting through line. So. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I really did like the vignettes that were from the point of view of the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like one of the ghosts is the father. Mm-hmm. Um, cliff yeah (laughs) i do not associate them as the same person (laughs) um i called him ghost dad in my notes yeah so but it i loved ghost dad uh i thought it was like really interesting how like he kept making observations observations about being a ghost Mm -hmm. you know like he's tested out to see if he could find other ghosts he could like he's trying to see if he can smell Mm, taste mm -hmm. you know touch things and it was like it had nothing to do with the story really but it was just an interesting viewpoint Mm -hmm. that i thought was like really fun to read and i wish that there were more chapters from his point of view i i do wish we got a lot more with him especially at the ending of finding out everything that he was involved in i i really wish we had gotten more with him because he (sighs) he was leading such an interesting life that was kept Mm -hmm. secret through the majority of this book and yeah all but like the last part of the book part three yeah so I, I would have very much loved to have more about him. We we did get a lot about Ghost Mom, who is the one who, you know, dealt with a lot of trauma from her own, her, her mother-in-law, right? Was the one who did a yeah. lot, like abused her a lot. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, she could do Just nothing awful. right. Uh, and then unfortunately, you know, passes that on to her children and mm-hmm. and treats them in a terrible way. And and the grandmother, 
then yeah. treats the children in a terrible way. And I'm guessing that's probably Ugh. one of the things that made you very upset was the animal cruelty Ugh. and death that occurs yes. because of grandma. Grandma is unforgivable. Um, I hate her. I hate her so much. She made, I think it was Betty, raise this puppy. Mm -hmm. The puppy becomes so attached to Betty. And while the grandmother is beating her, the dog goes to protect Mm -hmm. his person and is punished for it. Everyone is punished. I think, like, there is a point where everyone mentions the dog incident. (laughs) I was like, this caused massive amounts of trauma yeah (laughs) oh my gosh i was traumatized yeah not good not good and especially when this incident stemmed from somebody else who wasn't even like a cousin took a necklace and betty took the fall because grandma was just beating everybody and and wasn't going Mm -hmm. to stop so betty takes the fall and and then that's what leads to the snowball effect of what happens to the dog and yeah it's just oh it's so awful oh my god and then the cousin or whatever returns necklace and is not punished yeah they celebrate by eating the dog oh <gasps> yeah <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> my heart was so broken. It's okay. Yeah. I did think um I loved well, I don't know. I feel like I this book pulled me in every direction. Mm-hmm. Like I would start feeling hopeful or happy about something and then it would pull me in the yeah. other direction. Um Belinda's story especially like she is so smart that she's able to leave and go to the big city Mm -hmm. and go to like the best university Mm -hmm. and she's just in the worst relationship ever (laughs) and he won't let her like go home and see her family and she I mean at the end she has to escape in order to get home Mm -hmm yeah yeah and it's just awful but then i i love her so much i mean she's so excited Mm -hmm. about keith being home and and she is trying to gather everybody together and have the celebration and it's just so sweet how excited she is about this and it's just so awful that she has to deal with the that terrible terrible husband of hers and it's also just interesting because she's looking at Keith, who, I mean, I don't think, you, you can't compare traumas, but he, he killed his abuser. Yeah. And, and that's something she kind of longs for. Uh, she mm-hmm. mentions a lot of times throughout the book about how she wishes that her husband could die and be killed. Oh. I highlighted a quote. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> What kept her alive was the off chance of seeing her husband die with her own eyes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have. I have. She envied Keith. He had the courage to kill. She wanted to, too, to kill the anchor. Ah! <laughs> like, oh, Belinda, I Belinda. believe in you. <laughs> you should. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I just, I felt like she had, 
like her head screwed on mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. <laughs> as far as everyone yeah. else in her family. Yeah. Um I mean she was I mean she's obviously incredibly smart and she's able to still manipulate her husband when she needs to. Mm-hmm. Um I'm referencing when she went to visit Keith uh Mm -hmm. in berlin Mm -hmm. you know she had to convince her husband to let her go there and i thought that was like a sweet moment yeah (sighs) what a heart-wrenching novel so okay barbie Mm -hmm. barbie her story it just gets crazier and crazier yeah like at first she's just an agoraphobic woman Mm -hmm. we don't really know what's going on she's been in the same room for you know x amount of years maybe 20 years i have no clue a while yeah for sure (laughs) a long time and you find out that like there's just so much mystery in the book Mm -hmm. like him killing his boyfriend isn't the only mystery you know i thought lenti's death was totally mysterious like they tell you really early on that it's a suicide but she keeps coming up in these stories and it's hard to pinpoint when she died Mm -hmm. and um yeah you know it's around this wedding and then you start to learn that like the fiance might have been like her fiance or boyfriend and then and then it and then barbie's the one who ends up marrying him and it's just like why did that change happen and yeah, it's, yeah. I thought it was because she died, and then he was like, "It's it's not though. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah. yeah, it's not at all." But the whole time, I'm like, "Okay, maybe she died, and then Barbie was just the second choice." Yeah, and Barbie was the second choice, but mm-hmm. you know that comes later, and really, Barbie like stole quote unquote, yeah, you know, whatever, uh, Baron, yeah. He's Um, not a catch, (laughs) but no, he's not. And I actually like, I was kind of confused about Plenty's jealousy or envy. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the same word, but like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, I feel like it was strange for me that Plenty cared so much. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I just thought her as a character wouldn't care. And that he, she kind of passed him off, you know? I mean, honestly, I think it was the betrayal of Barbie because I think there's a line where she's like, weren't we good? Like, I thought we, I thought we were close. I thought we were the closest Mm -hmm. of the sisters because I think they're the two youngest sisters. So like thought that they had this bond. And yet this whole time, it turns out that Barbie is jealous of plenty is jealous Mm -hmm. of plenty's looks is jealous of the attention that plenty is getting and and just that jealousy festers and Mm -hmm. and leads to her doing this terrible betrayal which again i don't think is technically even about baron at all i think it's just the fact that she betrayed plenty just really hurt her really hurt plenty and ugh. That makes sense. And, like, it's like, what is Barbie even thinking? Like, she just wants to, like, marry mm-hmm. up, you know? And, I I mean, I guess that's her motive, mm-hmm. to just marry up. And then she can say she had the best marriage out of all her sisters. Yeah. You know, Baron is filthy rich. I mean, super awkward that he put in every single one of Plenty's requests yeah. in the house. Yeah. So, Barbie also has to walk around and see, like... 
the hippo that Plenty requested, the fancy fountain she mm-hmm. requested, that, like, and they had broken up when Baron started building this house, really. Like, yeah. So he purposely chose to keep everything there. Yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of messed up things, guys. Oh, gosh. So many things. <laughs> I really liked Plenty. I mean, it was hard mm-hmm. to read. But especially Mm -hmm. when she really starts talking about being a ghost, there's this one section that in context, it's so it's so rough. But I just I just had to write it down where she says, is it good to be a ghost? I say it's great. I was so dry when I was alive. My skin was a desert. My nails were stones. My tresses dried vines. Now I can snuggle in moss. I can relax on the leaky walls in the old house and roll around in moist dirt. And I just, I don't know. There's just something about that that was really beautiful. And yeah, I just feel so bad for her. I do too. And her story was just so, like, I loved her as a ghost too. Like, Mm -hmm. I wish there was more from her as a ghost. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, also... (laughs) I don't, this is a joke. Go for it. Go for it. Um, Saucy Cicada. Oh my gosh. Uh, I love that nickname. (laughs) Their mom was really getting it, getting into some stuff. I mean. Oh my God. I like, I couldn't get a grasp on like who she Mm -hmm. was, like what her motivations were, Mm -hmm. but she did so many crazy things. So many awful things. And so many ridiculous things. Like, I mean, (laughs) we we find out that she's having an affair with the snake. What the snake killer? The snake killer. (laughs) And yes, (laughs) she's having an affair with the snake killer. And then we find out uh, towards the end that she set fire to the snake killer's house with her and the snake killer inside. And we find out that you know she's calling the police on all of these different people and and yeah. i mean so many things that she did and i'm just i again not really sure why like with her husband we find out that he himself is in a queer relationship with mm-hmm. the neighbor um red shorts yeah with the red shorts and she she made Keith think that he was the reason she called the police on on the neighbor on the red shorts guy, yes. which I mean she should have. Let let's be clear about that because he had an inappropriate relationship with Keith. Okay, and it took me forever to figure out how old this guy was, yes. and then I was like, wait, he was in the city, and then he came back home. Yes, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is bad. Yes, and. <laughs> It's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's written so interestingly because I think Keith is like eight. He's so, he's little. He's eight. He's little. Yeah. And, and he's making advances on Red Shorts guy. And uh, he kind of stops him, but then eventually mm-hmm. he just doesn't stop him anymore, which awful. Uh yeah. But then it's even worse when you find out that he's having this like really deep intimate both emotionally and physically yes. with Keith's father. And I'm like, 
That yes. relationship seemed beautiful. When you are just looking at a nuts relationship, red shorts guy, nuts relationship with Cliff, that those mm-hmm. moments that we saw the letter, like it was beautiful. It seems like they yeah. had a really deep connection. But then you see the moments where he's with Cliff's son when yeah. he's a child. And I'm just like, it's what? It's like two separate characters yes. completely. And it would have been better if they were two separate characters. Because yes. it's like, well, I don't know. Like, Nut kind of deserved everything that happened. Yes. But I just... <laughs> and that sucks. <laughs> it's It's awful because, again... The mom makes Keith think that it's his fault that the police went after Nut. Mm-hmm. Um, not that she was trying to protect him. She kind of tried to spin it that way, but also tried to make an eight-year-old child be the one who was the villain in this. And, but then yeah. her true motivation was, uh, she says, I didn't call the cops because of you, but because I found out about Cliff and Nut. And I'm like, okay, so so you're not doing this to protect your child. You're doing this to get back at your husband, who you're already cheating on anyway. Yes. <laughs> and why? Because he's queer? Because he's gay? Like, what? Yeah. What is the reasoning here? I. <sighs> she takes no responsibility at all for any no. of her actions, especially cheating on Cliff. Mm. Um, I mean, like, before Cliff dies, she's, like, living with the snake killer. Yeah. And she just sends him off to go die in a temple or whatever. Yeah. It's really messed up. Oh, um, so when she burns down the rental stores, the video rental mm-hmm. store with the snake killer and herself inside, whose bodies were those? I- They found two bodies in the basement. Okay. So I got confused by the ending- because the ending makes it seem like mom and snake killer are alive, but I feel like they're still ghosts. Are they still ghosts or are they actually alive? No, I think I think they're alive. Yeah, because they watch TV earlier and they see the yellow emperor and are like, that's snake killer. Like, that looks like snake killer. And honestly, like, and she, um, confesses right that snake killer is goggles oh my gosh so it's not a supernatural ending it's just a ridiculous ending i was wondering what you meant by that i really thought they were still (laughs) ghosts i thought that everybody just on the ghost festival was seeing ghosts Uh, now i'm doubtful because they they drive up in like a a ridiculous jeep Mm -hmm. or something like a yellow jeep Mm -hmm. i think Yes. And I just feel like if they were ghosts, they would still be in the video rental store and like whatever Mm -hmm. happened there, you know? I think they're real. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Then I don't know who the bodies are. (laughs) I really thought they were still ghosts. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, I did. I did think that they could be alive, but then I was like, nah. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. But maybe, maybe they escaped. But I don't know. Wasn't she described? I don't think she was described as looking any older, though. I think that's what threw me off was because she was described as looking like younger still. Oh, maybe they were ghosts. You know what? Maybe the ending deserves a reread two or three times (laughs) before you can fully understand what is happening. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking that. Let us know your thoughts if you, dear listeners, have read this mm-hmm. book. Um, are we supposed to take it literally that they are there and that they somehow escaped? And even though Mama Ghost has been making it seem like she was a ghost the whole time, maybe she faked it? Or is she actually still a ghost? Because I I do think that there was a ghost chapter of her where she's looking at her family and judging Mm -hmm. them. Like, in the present. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember. Mm -hmm. You know, possibly a book that could use a reread. Just in a... (laughs) Not just the ending. Yeah. Maybe you need to reread the whole book <laughs> to, <laughs> to fully to fully get it all. Yeah, there is. There's just so much, and there's there are like a lot of tiny details. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah, how I felt about Betty too at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like she's a young woman, and like one of her first chapters, well, she talks about the dog incident. But also she talks about turning in uh, her local bookshop proprietor. Yes. Ming and Ri. And I like I was under the impression that she turned them in for being lovers. And like And that's why they were and that's why they were getting arrested. And so I was under that impression like the whole time. And I mean that's kind of true i mean it's it's that yeah there's charges of filming and distributing gay porn there's charges of um i think like communist um yeah yeah communist ideas and and Mm -hmm. yeah she she talks about them and and also implicates nut and then the one person she doesn't mention is her dad and then that's when we get that big reveal which i thought was really interesting about yes like her dad being there and then it's like wait why why is the dad at this place and what is he doing is he a a communist (laughs) no he's just having a nice relationship with nut who is a terrible person because he's he's a pedophile Ugh. uh yeah i liked how that story like flushed out like later on in the book um and how like when she's approached at first like she only knows about the communist Mm -hmm. book club and then everything else just kind of comes out but i didn't feel like she was as terrible person Mm -mm. i don't know like i feel like she took on a lot of guilt yeah but i don't think that was necessary for her i mean i feel like it's one of those things where they would have found a way to charge them no matter what i mm-hmm. uh, she yeah. just unfortunately was the person who was put in the role of you know talk to us you're not in trouble we'll we'll keep you yeah. safe you're fine just tell us what you've seen uh, which is unfortunate yeah. that she was put in that position yeah Ugh. just taking advantage of a poor little girl yeah and then there's beverly who She's just like she stayed in the in Yangjing. She stayed in her family home. Mm-hmm. She's like holding the mantle for her family. Mm-hmm. Her story was like I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Now, did I mistake Beverly and Belinda? Who was the one who was so excited about Keith being home? Beverly. Was Beverly the one setting everything up? I think Beverly was. Because she was with Sam and had Sam. Yeah, because I have this note. Why are Beverly and Sam talking? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think Beverly. Apologies earlier. I mean, I like Belinda, too. But Beverly, (laughs) I think, was the one who was actually setting everything up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when they all have a name that starts with a B. I know. You can't expect me. (laughs) But yeah, I really needed more Sam. He was just really sweet. He was. I I loved when he was talking to Keith at the end Mm. in present time. And he's like, I've you know, uh, I read your books and yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, that was definitely my mother that you're referencing about, right? Yes. Like the, <laughs> the rancorous teacher mm-hmm. who beat the students. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were cute. Sam helped him acclimate in school mm-hmm. and then was punished by his mom for it. Uh. What was your favorite thing about Sam? I don't know. I just thought he was really sweet. I mean, he kept trying to give Keith different foods and just like kept like offering him different <laughs> things until he could find something that that he would eat and was just yes. really looking out for him. I mean, he finds him, I guess they meet by the pool or something in the present time. I forget where they, they run into each other. Uh, I think so, But yeah. But they run into each other, and then Sam is just, you know, helping him get back home. And it's just really, really sweet. I don't know. I just... I, I just really liked having that gentle presence because mm-hmm. we had very few gentle souls in this book. <laughs> oh, yeah. And literally at the end when his sisters keith and sam are all at the table sam is literally the pacifier to keep all the sisters from (laughs) fighting (laughs) yeah yeah um i just read a note in one of in my journal Mm -hmm. and it's a ghost dad chapter and he's um talking about keith coming home and how he doesn't want Keith to know the truth about what happened in the water cistern. Oh I wrote my it down because I was like, what happened in the water cistern? <gasps> and I totally forgot about it until now. Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> yes. Oh. You see, that's the thing. This is another one of those books where it's like the content is not easy, but I do think it was really well written. So it's not like I can say yeah, I no, it was it's beautiful. not like I can say I enjoyed my time with this book, but I do think it was a solid book. Yeah, like there's a reason why it made that mm. long list of other I'm sure great books. It is I thought it was really well written yeah. and kind of beautiful to read and horrifying mm-hmm. and yeah, I thought there was good wordplay too. That's why I was like really disappointed learning about the yeah. names. <laughs> But, oh well. So back to Barbie. Does she kill herself at the end of the book? Or is she... Oh, I don't know. Oh, and Heath! What the heck? (laughs) What is up with Heath? Oh my gosh. So Heath is the oldest of the two brothers. And, like, he's hiding out in the White House. Like, I... (laughs) What? (laughs) You see, he's, like, barely in it. 
And yes. <laughs> so when he did pop up, I'm just like, what is going on? Like the the <laughs> older brother that uh the the first son after those five daughters, so you know, incredibly spoiled, uh, the favorite of the mother, and I mean, becomes mayor, but then gets into this scheme with Baron and <laughs> gets Yeah, I don't I don't even understand the scheme. I, I don't it's understand some kind it. of construction scheme that gets him then put into prison and I and then he gets out and now he's, you know, hopeful that maybe someday he could still run again. I don't even know. He's just <laughs> he's a ridiculous person. I don't care about him at all. Like I I care about everybody else in the family, I think. Even Barbie, I just feel really sad for her. But, like, him, I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Like, Yeah, okay, I'm only, like, confused. (laughs) Like, because he's, like, secretly taking care of Barbie, too. Oh, my gosh. Like, he's the one who goes and gives her food, and he, like, picks up her Mm. room a little, like... And, you know, I guess he picks up the leftover food trays and stuff. But, yeah, and at the end he says something about Barbie just being in a warm bath or something mm. for, I don't know. That's what it was like. Maybe she killed herself. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I wish kind of that we had more from her perspective just so we could kind of understand mm. what's going on. But... I mean, she basically locked herself up because of the guilt. Well, I guess part guilt after Plenty's death, but also she was like insanely jealous Mm -hmm. that Plenty said she was pregnant with Baron's child before killing herself, which uh, was a lie. Yeah, I love when Ghost Plenty is like, I was spreading those rumors before. Like, (laughs) yes. Oh my gosh. And I let the hippos out. <laughs> the drunk hippo. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. We didn't talk too much about T. I mean... Oh my gosh, He's another yes. terrible person. Yes. Abs- <laughs> okay, so this was another thing where, you you know, your one of your main characters, Keith, you know, he kills mm-hmm. his boyfriend. He's been in jail for... It seems like he's in jail for like 20 years plus, maybe 25. I don't, I don't know, know how long he was in jail for, but... They never really say, but I it's yeah. hard to say, I guess, because you don't know when he's yeah. in jail. But anyways, I assumed it was a long time, so I was like, wow, like, what happened mm-hmm. here? Like, you see their backstory for like the first two thirds, and it's like all mm-hmm. happy. And... Yeah, you only get a few hints and, like, throwaway lines about things possibly not being good between them. But otherwise, it seems like Mm -hmm. they have a fairly good relationship. I feel like they even get married or, like, they're calling each other husbands. Like, I mean, I I don't know. Mm -hmm. They they seem seem like things are going well, but they're not. Uh, So, (laughs) like, in the last five chapters, we find, or, you know, ten, I guess, we find out that he has joined a neo-nazi yeah like seemingly out of nowhere but then we get a chapter from the view of his mother i love that i was really thrown off by having 
somebody else's point of view all of a sudden. But then I loved yes. that. I loved that chapter. I loved hearing what T's mom was thinking. Because, yeah, you find out mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe this change wasn't actually a change. Maybe this is really who he was all along. Yeah, and that he was building yeah. up to it. Um, it says he started acting up as a teenager, mm -hmm. and then his mom found his... She found his behavior impossible to comprehend or handle. He put the neighbor's son in the hospital. He went swimming with the neighbor's cat, held it underwater, and put the body on the owner's dinner table. Mm-hmm. He threw a girl classmate headfirst into a wall. He threatened teacher and principal with a knife. He got into a fight with his father and stabbed him. Mm -hmm. While baking his mom a cake, he set the kitchen on fire, and the firefighters found him laughing. Yeah. So apparently he was a troubled child. Yeah. <laughs> I just... Yeah, and I don't know, because yeah. at first I wasn't sure what to think about... T's mom going to the prison to see Keith perform because he was mm -hmm. doing doing the play there. I was yeah. just like, what what is her motive here? I mean, because he killed her son. Why why would she be going here? But I don't know. It seems like they have, or at least she definitely understands. Mm -hmm. why he did what he did and has yeah. empathy for him and the position that he's in now being in prison. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It was just really interesting to see yeah. her side of things. Yeah. I thought it was kind of sweet. Yeah. You know, at the end, she's like, don't cry. You know, that's what she wished she could tell him. And yeah, she just avoided him, though. <laughs> Yeah, which, you know, it's got to be a super awkward situation. Oh, for sure. It's totally understandable. But yeah, I really liked that. And I did not expect it. Like, I did not expect T to be the bad guy in this. I don't know why. <laughs> I thought that was like such a surprise. <laughs> I was like, there's no way he deserved to die. Like, well, I don't know. I mean, who deserves to die, right? Mm. But I was like it had to be an accident or something <laughs> but who was not no i mean he i don't know has some kind of breakdown where like the well i think the neo-nazis found out he was yeah uh married yeah. to a man and so then they started targeting him mm -hmm. and i think he thought that if he killed Keith, mm -hmm. then they would accept him back. And it's interesting because at first he was kind of trying to run and just get out of there. But then he decides to, like, capture Keith. And then he just ends up torturing Keith for a while before he yeah. does finally come to that decision of, oh, this is what I'll do. I'll kill him and I'll get back in the neo-Nazis' good graces because I want to yeah. be in their good graces. Ugh. I wish, like, I knew how much time he served because, like, I, like, really want to be angry that he had to spend, like, I'm angry that he had to spend any time in prison at all for self-defense. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's just the type of person I am. I, like, want to know the court details. Yeah, I, I am curious about <laughs> that. But. Yeah, like, how did he get sentenced for this? Yeah. Hmm. I'm sure him being a foreigner and not knowing German fluently. That's the thing. 
hindered him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I love Keith. I, I don't know. Like, I just thought it was so funny that Heath is, like, nowhere. And then he's just... Yeah. It just was so random. I can't get over it. I won't get over it. (laughs) (laughs) He's just hiding in the White House now. Oh, yeah. It's fine. (laughs) Heath. I was kind of confused about why everyone, like, the cops were still after Nut at the end. Because I thought that they let him go on a technicality. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, Nut dies at some point because then somebody makes money off of writing his biography. Because we hear that uh, a lot. That would be the anchor man. Okay. <laughs> Belinda's husband. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's how like they met because he was in town interviewing people yes. for the book. Yes, yes, yes. And he was like, do you want to come around with me? You're smart. Oh my gosh. And pretty. <laughs> but yeah, they say Nut... You know, the night that him and his, one of the nights that him and Cliff are in the cistern, they get word that, you know, the authorities are on their way or they keep just saying they. Mm -hmm. And so they say after that, that he ran and committed suicide. Mm -hmm. So he didn't have to go back to jail. Yeah. But I'm not exactly sure why he had to go back to jail. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, okay. I like I'm going back to my notes about Cicada and Snake Killer at the end mm-hmm. and I think they're really alive. Well, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> I'm still unsure cuz I don't understand. <laughs> I do want to reread it, but <laughs> I just feel like in my heart that's that they were alive. Just control F like all the times that Cicada is mentioned and then just read just those parts. Yes. I yes, I need to. <laughs> yeah, and so it went it ends on a cliffhanger, you know. She's about to speak. Yeah. But why would Keith I like be tearing up, you know, when he sees her? I mean, I guess everyone still thinks they're dead. Yeah. But- or because he's freaking out because it's actually a ghost. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know. I would have to read. Oh, okay. Here we go. Tell me. Cicada puts on her shades and get, gets out of the car in a gorgeous hot pink dress with pure gold accessories. Her hair is white. Her cheeks ready. Her three eldest daughters and her youngest son are aghast. What's wrong? Cicada wonders. Seen a ghost in ghost month? Frightened, are we? Need me to help you collect their wits? So she calls herself a ghost. But as I'm reading it, she could be like, you think I'm dead. <laughs> now you think you're seeing a ghost. But I'm not a ghost. <laughs> the thing is, I could truly see it being either way. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Like... But yeah, because then that does, again, the question would be, who are the bodies then if yeah. it's not them? Yeah, this is the kind of book where I definitely was looking for loose ends at the end because there are so many, like the book is so dense with so Mm -hmm. many mini mysteries and mini stories that I'm like, there's got to (laughs) be, like, Mm -hmm. why do I feel like something didn't get tied up, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and I think knowing how everything ties together would make it an interesting reread to yes, see what things you you missed so i could see that especially reading ghost dad's chapters yeah 
Well, now reading Cicada's chapters, is she really talking as a ghost ghost? Because, I mean, one of the sisters, which one was it? Was it Betty? The one who uh, accidentally went viral because of of supposedly being anti-seeing eye dog, uh, (laughs) which she wasn't. Uh, No, she wasn't at all. all. Um, But there's this chapter where she starts to describe herself as being like this invisible person and this ghost-like person. And... Uh, I don't know. And just the way that it was written, I was like, wait, is she a ghost? <laughs> like, or <laughs> did she die and I just didn't realize it yet? Like, and she hasn't realized it yet because she's making it seem like in that particular chapter that that nobody oh is paying attention to her. But no, I mean, she was she was around for the reunion. So I, I mm-hmm. she was definitely alive. Cicada, <laughs> I'm still not sure on. <laughs> Gosh, I'm not either. I do like it, though, if she is actually alive. Gosh, that terrible woman being alive. That poor family. And she's a televangelist now, basically. (laughs) Like, Like, it's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. She's just living her best life and comes back to all of the ruined lives of her children that she helped to lead to ruin. I just... yeah. And it kind of makes sense that she'd walk out of the SUV all cocky and be like, what? Never seen a ghost before? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, now I kind of, yeah, I, I want her to be alive at the end. <laughs> do you, uh, now that we've talked about it a little bit, do you think you like it? Are you more on the like end of the spectrum or the dislike end of the spectrum? I think I'm more on the like end of the spectrum. I think part of it is because I was reading it from Hoopla and I can only get that onto my phone. It's just reading on my phone is not the most conducive to me having a good experience with a book. I I mm-hmm. tend to be more prone to wanting to skim if I if I'm doing it on my phone. Like on my regular e-reader, yeah. I I'm, I don't tend to do that. But for some reason on my phone, it's just a lot easier to feel like, oh, let me just start skimming, which this is not a book yeah. that you can skim with. I would have loved to find an audiobook version of this. Mm-hmm. I think listening to it would have been really helpful for me personally, just to grasp what was happening. So yeah. I think I think discussing it has definitely helped to put it more into the like. It's it's mm-hmm. also just one of those books because it's like so flowery and so much of it is just description and not necessarily as much dialogue. I'm definitely somebody who does a lot better with dialogue than I do with yeah. just lengthy descriptions. So mm-hmm. no matter how beautiful they are, like it, I, I still just do better with that, which is why I think audiobook would have lended itself, would have had been a better experience. But so I yeah. think I think the discussion did help push it towards the the like more than and i would love to see if i could find it in a different format and reread it that way yeah listening to it for sure would be cool yeah oh yeah Yeah. oh yeah so you know what time (gasps) it is what time recommendation (laughs) corner Uh, (laughs) hannah what are your recommendations all right i have one recommendation it is another translated work that kind of deals with an intergenerational story it is Celestial Bodies by Jaka Alharti. 
Uh, this is a historical literary fiction set in Oman, uh, following three sisters and their family. So you get to see what's going on with these three sisters, but I do also think you get to see like a generation or two before. And, and so it, it hops around in, in, a, mm. in a similar fashion. But at the heart of the story are these three sisters, uh, one who marries after a heartbreak, one who marries from a sense of duty, and then one who refuses all offers uh, so that she can wait for the man she loves who has emigrated mm -hmm. to Canada. Are these the best choices for any of these sisters? You'll have to read to find <laughs> out. Uh, it does yes. also tackle the uh, some of the history of slavery in Oman. So it, it does okay. tackle some you know, darker and harder topics, but I don't know. I, I thought it was beautifully written. So yeah, I would recommend that. Cool. That sounds good. Yeah. Actually, I am going to write that down. Yeah. I have, uh, the book Sharp Objects. Okay. By Gillian Flynn. Okay. Uh, Gillian Flynn. She's the one who wrote Gone Girl. Uh, this is another like family drama. Mm. With a lot that deals with a lot of heavy issues. Uh, the main character, Camille Preaker, she uh, starts off the book by returning home from being in a psych hospital for self harm. Mm. And she has to go home to her ho small hometown to uh, cover, to report on a story about two teen girls that have been murdered. So, you know, she's coming home dealing with her. A uh, crazy mom, socialite mom, and, you know, obviously still dealing from her own mental health mm -hmm, crisis. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot going on. It had a very similar vibe. Okay. The show on HBO is also very good. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, Hannah, what are we reading next time? All right. After such a heavy book, <laughs> let's, let's go hopefully a little lighter with a middle grade, we're going to be reading The Pearl Hunter by Maya T. Beck. This takes place in this pre-shogun Japan fantasy realm where we have this young pearl diver who is trying to rescue her twin who has been stolen by a ghost whale. So... I don't know. It sounds yes. interesting. It sounds exciting. It sounds like hopefully it'll be, you know, not as tough a read. <laughs> Maybe it'll end on a lighter note. <laughs> Maybe. We'll know for sure who is a ghost and who is not a ghost. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Gosh, I do think they're alive now and I'm really just so thrown by that stupid ghost town. I just think it's funny that they like <laughs> I'm picturing them coming back like super tan covered in gaudy jewelry yes. like just totally taking advantage of the public yeah <laughs> oh my gosh wow stupid book making me want to reread it to figure out what's actually happening <laughs> <laughs> oh wow God. Christina well a tough pick but a good pick Christina <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I was wondering if you thought it was a good <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Treat Your Shelf. Don't forget to check us out on all the social medias. Rate, review, and subscribe um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you may listen. And as always, don't forget to treat your shelf. Oh.